I was asking you about the jhanas, mm. the four first one called the four realms, and then you were talking to me about the four higher ones, which are actually not absorptions. Mm. Can you repeat that for a little? A little. So, tradition juxtaposed with teachings and practice. So, the teachings and practice aspect of it is, uh, one is the use of formal meditation, definitely. Sit, walk, stand, and recline, towards the reduction of the hindrances, and in their absence, temporarily as it might be, but important, there can be a depth, and in that depth one is quietly and significantly absorbed. And the absorption is indicated with the absence at that time of anything problematic, called five hindrances. There is plenty of opportunity for some reflection, to sustain the thought on something that matters, to get some insights and understanding, and there is a, a happiness which is strong enough that the body feels it. The body really feels the happiness, it's right in the cells. And it's lovely and precious, which also and equally can arise outside of formal meditation. Mm. It's not confined to posture. And once you know it quite well, you can bring it at will. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Look, at will may be a little positive, but um, <laughs> the receptivity, um, because it would be a cognitive thought, I think it's mm. much more a receptivity mm. and uh, access. What, inclination as well? An inclination, but the intimacy and the so-called spontaneity, one sees a beautiful face, a lovely flower, hears a piece of music, reads a line of poetry, a memory, whew, mm. there's an absorption. One is happy and joyful and reflective and grateful and appreciative and steep. And it just progressively, so to speak, just gets more subtle. So there can be a feeling of moving through those four absorptions. And, and also, and equally, going to any one at any time, not necessarily by choice, but just mm -hmm. because conditions are there yes. to have that access in that one at that time for whatever period might be necessary. And quite often it would be energy or activity or something else occurring which takes one out of the jhana. The tradition has put a lot of emphasis on formal calmness, absorption, meditation, practice, that's the tradition. The teachings acknowledge that and acknowledge jhana in a variety of circumstances. And as the Buddha, when asked what is your most common state of mind, his description matched exactly the third jhana. Mm. So there's that aspect. The tradition has said Insights only come in the first jhana, that, that is not in the Buddha teaching. And Karen, I remember, also pointed out well and explicitly, meaning that there is a receptivity 
in the absence of thought, in which insights and discoveries and realizations can really just flower out of the depth. Uh, they're so all four are equally accessible to deep insights and realizations. And also the, the next four, aren't they? So then, then one has with the next four, which are, are not quite so, how to say, causal as with the, uh, the jhanas. Mm. So, he uses another word, Ayatana, he used the word realms. Mm. If it was, you go, the absorptions go deeper, and then, you, then there's a fifth called infinite space, uh, infinite consciousness, it would say jhana, it doesn't. Good, good, actually, uh, reasons. Someone's almost got to forget the, the jhana world. And, and this is an incredible, there's a depth for sure, but it's an expanding out depth. Infinite space, it's an expanding, it's not a concentration depth, it's an expanded out depth. And that sense, when, um, some of the yogis sometimes as well, a really, a real sense of uh, an infinite space. When a person feels extraordinarily open and receptive and there's a sense of something big and vast and, and, and the person might be saying, God, I feel so spacious. Life is so spacious. Wow, look at all this space. I feel space inside me. I feel it between the thoughts. I feel it outside. It's just space everywhere. They, he, she, is talking the language of infinite space. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that sense of being incredibly open and expansive. Mm -hmm. And that can happen in meditation. It can happen out of meditation. It can happen, it can happen at the night sky. And it yeah. can happen if we walk in the forest. And yeah. happen just spontaneously. Yeah. Uh, so the experience might be there in different levels, mm. like the same flavor of experience. Yeah. But what about the insight that comes out of the experience? And the experience, yeah, all of them can provide. It's just that the caution or the about it is the Buddha did not want, did not wish to tie up the infinite with a finite. Yeah. Finite is space. It's limited. <clears throat> it's limited in everyday sense. This occupies space. This takes up space. Uh, just using the conventions uh, uh, mm -hmm. of it, the, the space is filled with all these objects. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to put the infinite and put it into space, which could almost exclude mm -hmm. that which space occupies. Um, and then it gets a little bit more refined and there's a real sense of the consciousness again. And when people say, wow, there's just, life is just vibrating, I'm just using some mm -hmm. typical rhetorical statements, or um, there is just life, or everything is so alive there. It's just pure consciousness and material world is just a reflect is a reflection it's just revealing the consciousness or the consciousness is just revealing the material world um, and both this infinite space sense um, or the infinite consciousness sense can get interpreted as being the ultimate goal 
And the Buddha's point is with this, this unquestionably encourages it. These are deep, spiritual, <laughs> mystical, wondrous, magical, mysterious, mysterious authentic experiences, yeah. which by that put into life per perspective all the lots of this mundanity. Mm. You know, it, it, it has that. But it's still the infinite connected with the limited. Mm. And therefore it's not mm. yeah. really liberation. Mm. What is really and, liberation? Um, in which there's no object for it to be dependent upon. So it's, so it's not infinite space, it's not infinite consciousness. And the other is this mm. akinshana, no thing is in it. Yeah, the, the seventh one. Yeah, so not, not seventh member, seventh would be an extension of the other four, but it's not... Mm. The realm it, of nothingness, it's not this one? Yeah, but it's not seven. If you're going to do anything, it's going to be three. That's the same. Ah, you've got to, okay. make, you know, okay. you've got to separate you these two separate. from each other. Okay. If one's following the Buddha Dharma rather than the tradition. Yeah, okay. And with that, again, deep experience, nothing, 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 mm -hmm. in a way, to um, rely upon, but there is still some reliance there. And though there's no thing to rely upon, akinchana, uh, to rely upon the nothing. Either the reliance on the thing or on the perception of it. Mm. The perception, the perception that there is no thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. so again, there can be an extraordinary experience. Mm -hmm. Any one of them could include some of the contemporary ones that get used, like the oneness, you know, Pachonia, mm. yeah. or, um, or the sense of harmony, or um, being in the now. They're all, they're all fitting with all of those. But the, the, the Buddha says, even with these profound experiences, it will not reveal the liberation and the wisdom that goes with it to handle lots of other ex situations. That, that's his concern. You can make it as absolute as you like, but, you know, so to speak, but it will not give you the liberation which has expresses a wisdom to deal with anything. Mm. So you're that. talking about the edge, Anna? Now, yeah, the, 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 no, the seventh, and the eighth one now. now so yeah. then, all the inquiry and questioning mm -hmm. still going on, yeah. there's a sense of this huge realm, mm -hmm. realms of things, and the experience keeps confirming it. But then, in the dualities, called infinite space, duality, infinite mm -hmm. consciousness, infinite mm -hmm. mm -hmm. then the question comes in, ah, there's this sense that there is a reliance on the perception, this this reliance on the perception. And one knows one can't rely on it, but one can't dismiss it. And therefore there's a sense, again, of something infinite, but it's not about a perception, but one can't say there is no perception. And this... Hmm. Um, Is it the marriage of emptiness and form? No, no, not, no? No, 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 not deep enough for that. Hmm. Um, it, it's the, the sense with the uh, this, these um, four 
realms of and the sense of the infinite that goes along with it is that with the, the, the fourth one, one's view can't rely on the object, as mm -hmm. with the other three, but mm -hmm. it can't rely on the perception of it either. You can't, the other three depend upon the perception. One has to perceive space, infinite or space. Or one yeah. has to perceive the consciousness of yes. space. Yes. the things mm -hmm. And you can't rely on this. And this experience is nothing to rely upon there. Valid and true, genuinely profound and deep, but the experience itself will have to change. It can't be sustained. Because it's still an experience. Exactly. Precisely. And all three, or four, sorry, or, and therefore, and the, and the first four, the observation, they all fall into that. So while it's opening up heart, mind, consciousness, space, they can't rely on them. And, and, it, and they're genuinely transformative. You know, somebody goes to Dartmoor nearby, my friend, and they have a, it's a beautiful, clear view. They're out there actually deliberately in the wild part of Dartmoor. There's nobody out there. The stars are incredible and beautiful. They come out of the city, they don't even know what stars are. And they're in this extraordinary scent. Yeah. It may well have a sense of infinite space. It may well have a sense of infinite consciousness or, or, yeah. or, or when the whole perceptions are really opened up beautifully and it genuinely is life changing. Yeah. Nevertheless, it's still going to take the liberation mm -hmm. and wisdom to handle every ongoing situation. That's the Buddha's mm -hmm. wisdom. It's not dependent on experience. So in a way, even the deeper end of the jhanas, the yeah. eighth one, or the fourth mm -hmm. one, the second set, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. the realm, is better realm of neither perception nor, nor perception, yeah. nor no, not perception, perception. Yeah. Um, it is still in the making, so to speak. It is still dependent upon something. Yeah, it is yeah. still dependent upon some conditions mm, exactly. to arise. Mm, it yeah, is still has time mm, exactly. in it. Mm. So when the Buddha is talking about Nirvana, when yes. he's talking about the uncreated, mm. unformed, mm. how, what is the <laughs> leap? How does one make this leap? Or what is happening? What needs to happen in order for someone mm -hmm. it, 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 to it's an, it's, sink into that? Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's a jackpot of the questions, really. One, literally, metaphorically, rhetorically, or whatever, cannot make no leap. Yeah. Because that would convert the unconditioned into a condition. Into a condition. Language. Or needing, needing a condition. Yeah. For it, yeah. It, it, it. So it is rather it's mm. a, whatever you call it, realization maybe mm -hmm. or mm. Yeah, real, anything, realization. Anything you say would be dependent upon condition right now. Yes. But that's okay. As long as we remember it, that. It, it's some kind of realization that the four absorptions and 
uh, the four realms mm -hmm. and all that goes on in it and all that goes on out of it makes not a scrap of difference to what freedom is. <laughs> so darling, why bother? Why so, go through the practice of the um, realm? Because one will never be happy with unhappiness. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Uh -huh. really, that so it's like less and less uh, degrees of dukkha mm, in each yeah, of them. But this also doesn't make a scrape of a difference to Nibbana. No, 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 for in the truth of truth, um, mm. uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. So it doesn't come because if it could, then the Nibbana would be dependent, dependent on it. No, no, no. But the dissolving or the um, reduction or dissolution or whatever allows this ending of the fires mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be clear and that's not anyway clear enough so that it doesn't matter what goes on in some way or other this there's an it cannot interrupt this that, that there is a freedom which is just confirmed by everything that goes on, the, the freedom allows it all. Including That's, the intense dukkha, including intense yeah, suffering. Yeah, one has to, yeah, yeah, one, one, yeah. One, otherwise it would set a condition, a condition or a yeah. limit, and if you can talk unconditioned, you've got, yeah. you've got, you've got, you've got to go right through even into the most, it's just that human being in a hellish state of mind, yeah. I, the identification with it will not allow mm. that seeing of that freedom, even yes. in the hellishness. So let me see if I mm. get you right here, because mm. you're saying, maybe you're saying two different things mm. at the same mm. time. Which would be? Nirvana is not dependent upon conditions. Yeah. Mm. Couldn't be, otherwise it would not be freedom. It mm. would be exactly. dependent upon something. Yeah. On the other hand, you cannot dismiss the beautiful no. um, mm. states of mind because mm. they in and of themselves contribute mm. to clear seeing, to mm. insight, yeah. to less attachment mm. and therefore something more, much more peaceful, mm. quiet, uh, deep mm. in the being. But the depth, let's mm. just take this term, in and of itself, mm. has nothing to do or no. not, it's not a factor, let's say, mm. it's for a, freedom. That, that's the, yeah, the unconditioned, yeah, I, I was reading that as is Hannah Arendt, mm -hmm. she makes a good, made a good point, and I may not exactly, I paraphrase the, the, the little bit, just to take it in another direction for a moment. She said something along the lines of, that authentic politics is um, committed to knowing what freedom is and towards a kind of, I can't remember the language, but a kind of just, towards justice and an integrated society. This is authentic politics. If it's not engaged in that, it's not authentic. Something like that. Powerful statement. And in a way, it's reflecting and mirroring what we are saying, that somehow there is a freedom which gets clearer and obvious and unmistakable 
with the combination of the four absorptions, with the combination of these uh, four realms, with revelations, with insights, with life-transforming experiences. The freedom just gets more obvious, that's all. But it's not a cause for it. It's just that that which appears to be obstruct only appears to be obstructing, is actually getting out of the way. And that's the power of the, the Buddhist Dharma. Just get, getting stuff out of the way. That's mostly what the teachings are about. For this might even be a glimmer. Well, this freedom, but I've done nothing to cause this. I don't make this freedom because it's unconditioned. So the whole thing, the whole of the Buddha Dharma, yeah, is yeah, terrible generalization, yeah, yeah. but it's aiming towards clearer seeing. Mm. The seeing of that which has no condition, doesn't need exactly. a condition to it. Exactly. But the seeing does need condition to it. Yeah, yeah. The seeing is all obscured or Yeah, exactly. All that's going on. It's just that when the, the seeing is full and as clear as possible, uh, uh, there's a natural happiness. It has, has to be because the hindrances lost their thingness about them, lost their, lost their, lost their issue. And as we've talked many, a few times before, when sometimes our blind spots or our unresolved issues or whatever, and it feels like it's kind of getting in the way of this clear seeing or this free of this freedom. The whole being said, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Boom. Um, one realizing there's some identity and giving a thingness mm. to something which is, doesn't have a thingness to it, just dependently arising, staying and going. And everything, the whole being starts, whoa, let me give this attention. And mm. that happens earlier and earlier. Yeah. Particularly if we've got plenty of good experiences with the realms and with absorptions or with insight or mindfulness or whatever. Mm. You know, to me, th this is a very important distinction. And in mm. a way, it's the marriage of Buddhism, mm. the deeper end of Dharma, mm. and you might even say non-duality or Advaita Vedanta, mm. yeah. which tend to take um, two different views at the, mm. the time. Yeah. Either the view of you have to practice because uh, freedom is dependent upon practice. Yes, yeah. that would be one. Uh, yeah, let's say exactly. That's the, the more, that's the more Buddhist one. For Buddhist sure. one and the other one. Oh, you're already perfect as you are. Yeah. You don't mm. need to do anything. Both of them are lacking um, mm. uh, mm. the, the fuller understanding. Mm. It is not. It's in a way. It's both mm. together, isn't it? Because Freedom is not, as you just pointed out, is not um, uh, constructed or dependent upon anything. Mm. But seeing, clear seeing is. And mm. on the other hand, it's not that you practice for the clear seeing. You practice for the clear seeing to see something. Mm. Yes. And I think oftentimes we tend to forget, we, I mean, in the Buddhist yeah. um, mm. world, we tend to somehow, there is some tendency, mm. I would say, to forget that it's not about clear seeing, that's it, per se. It's mm. about clear seeing of something. Yeah. So it's not about being mindful all no, the time. It's yeah. about in order for it to give rise into something mm. which mm. is there. I mean, 
the um, Advaitins are right in what they say. Mm. It is there, but it cannot be realized uh, if there's not clear seeing, if there's a video, if there's a ignorance, exactly. for I'm this, but mm. actually it's not the feeling and it's not the insight, what does it serve? It doesn't do anything no. for you. No, because or for the world. For the the, the uh, claim and the vulnerability uh, invited the world are nothing you can do. Claim itself can be um, an immense blind spot. Yes. And it will keep a person trapped in their conditioning and state of mind, supportive of the belief, there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in the path, goal, orientated world, mm. common in the Buddhist uh, world, it's all, it ends up all about self. And I am me and my practice and getting somewhere. And that ends up as being a blind spot to perhaps some realization of something much more closer and immediate. And so sometimes the Advaitins and others would benefit a lot mm. from um, good, some good practice. Yes. And those who really kind of caught up in their practice might lend an ear on the Advaitins and, mm. and, and, and ask yourself, is there anything really that you can do? And who is this self that wants to do all of this? And maybe some freedom might emerge out of mm. it, which isn't going to emerge because you to identify with practice. They, they mm. both can... Some clear seeing of freedom. Exactly. Yeah. Mutually, both can give a lot of support to each other in that respect. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs>